1: brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So, why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to 7 times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out the easiest choice for you. Learn more at slash papertarian. Go behind the wheel and under the hood on everything automotive with high speed stuff from howstuffworks.com. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm Scott Benjamin, the auto editor at How Stuff Works, and
0: with me is Ben. How you doing, Ben? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> o
1: oh, Okay, Ed McMahon, minute
0: there, huh? Very cool. All I right. I am to please. What's going on? You know man? what?
1: I am. Uh, I say this sometimes, occasionally, maybe a little too often, but I'm excited about today's topic again.
0: Really? Yeah. It's what? A ra- it's a racing topic. Oh, that explains. It's a it. racing topic, but mm-hmm. miniature. Miniature racing.
1: Miniature racing. Not 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 called miniature racing. It's called tether car racing. And oh,
0: tether cars. Tether car
1: racing. Yep. Okay, so
0: give me a second here catch me up to speed um we've talked about racing before Mm we talked about miniature cars uh slot cars yeah uh pinewood derby cars pinewood derby cars Mm -hmm. um tether cars though tether cars uh what are what are tether cars as the name implies they're tethered uh
1: to something well I'll, i'll fill you in on that in a minute but um tether is really something that well just like tether ball the ball's tied to a oh, string okay. or rope or you know something some type of so device. they're
0: going in a circle around a central point correct okay. correct that's what a tether
1: car basically is it's a, it's a model car that that goes around a, a central central point scott my say friend right?
0: yeah, yeah you're making sense but <laughs> from the from the explanation you're giving me uh it, it smacks of a layman's description i think you're you're cutting out some details it Needs a lot more yeah, it needs a lot more. And okay, let's just get into
1: it, what these are. Really, all right, they're they're small cars. They've got uh, two cycle um, two cycle engines. Okay, um, they are well two stroke engines. They're so really, the the small engines that are the same type that power um, like model airplanes. You know, the, oh, okay. uh, the real small with a glow plug, and mm-hmm. um, usually you fill them with uh, the Cox fuel that comes in a box. Right. I don't know if you remember those from a long time ago or not, but um, and you have to you know, spin the propeller with your hand to get it going. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of engine that I'm talking about. The cars are kind of a streamlined vehicle. Um, that's what they've evolved into. We'll talk about that in a minute, but um, they go in a circular path around a, a pole in the center, and they're tethered to that pole uh, with steel cable and these things hit incredible speeds that we'll also talk about in a minute but um <laughs> they they're ridiculously fast cars i had no idea that tether car racing was so cool until i had, you know just stumbled across this video mm-hmm. i don't know it must have been about a month ago i've been thinking about this for a while um you've watched it as well right
0: yeah yeah i watched it when you when you told me about it um for for our listeners a, a lot of times the way that I'll, we get geared up for this podcast uh, scott Scott or I, usually Scott, will we'll find something really cool, and I'll have no idea what he's talking about, because I guess that's sort of my job. <laughs> and then, and then, uh, and then we'll, you'll show it to me, and I have to admit, uh, I was very surprised by the, you know what, I don't want to sound like I didn't expect much, But there was a lot more than i expected in terms of speed
1: it doesn't sound all that impressive when you say tether car because you're talking about a car that's attached to something
0: it seems counterintuitive yeah it really does Uh, we should you know let's
1: let's talk about the beginnings of this sport yeah yeah and we'll kind of work our way through and i'm going to kind of reveal some things along the way here that are going to shock you you're going to drop some gems a, a, a few here and there because um really like you said, when you watch it, it's surprising how, how interesting this is. Well, how long has it been around? Let's start there. Uh, yeah, well, that's a good place to start because it started in, from as far as I can tell, now all this information is coming from uh, the, I guess, the one and only source of information at this point, um, the AMRCA, which stands for American Miniature Racing Car Association. Oh, uh, yeah. AMRCA. And you can find all this information on their site. Um According to them, the sport began in 1937 on a vacant lot in L.A., L.A., California. That goes way back? Way back. And these were, you know, handmade models. And, it, and the, the, you know, the story, the, the lore is that uh, the, the first cars were actually built uh, using model airplane engines that somebody had, you know, kind of somehow modified, put it on a board with a couple of wheels and, you know, found a way to make <laughs> it drive the wheels. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's kind of how this started. Now, you got to remember that. And, and this all makes sense. The, the evolution of this makes sense is that if you think about 1937, there were no radio control cars. They didn't have a, a radio control device that you could use to operate, you know, operate the vehicle and make it do figure eights or right. you know, go in an, an oval or whatever you mm-hmm. wanted to. If you if you had a car that was powered, it was going to go in a straight line, or it was going to follow a uh, a course that you'd set some way, you know, a, mm-hmm. a track of some kind. Um, that's not much fun if you start up a car and it takes off and you have to chase it, you know, a mile away. It may be a little bit of fun, you know, to watch, or, you know, have somebody else catch it. <laughs> right. But, um, so they had, to, they had to tether these cars. And if you tether a car, if you think about this, you got a, a tether, which is a rope or a string or, sure. some, you know, um, probably metal in this case because you got a heavy car. These cars were about, I think the original cars, they said, were around 8 to 10 pounds in, in weight. Hmm. Uh, so they're pretty heavy. They're made of metal and a lot of rubber. and you know, Probably just, pretty big, too. Yeah, pretty big. Uh, and they look like the race cars of the time. So they had that kind of Indy car look at the time, mm-hmm. you know, the open roadster type look. And if you tether a car, you don't want to run along behind it because, you know, you're not going to have a very fast car. I mean, mm-hmm. it's only as fast as you can run. And these cars were at the time they were reaching about 40 miles per hour. There's no way you're going to follow wow. that. No. Um, so if you're holding a tether, it makes perfect sense that you can't go in a in an oval, you can't go in a figure eight, you can mm-hmm. only go in a circle. And you could spin, you kind of you you stand in the center and you hold the tether in both hands, and you let the car drive in a circle around you, a perfect circle around you, mm-hmm. and it you know runs until it runs out of fuel or somebody shuts it down in some way. Um, so the circular track makes sense, and that that's carried through to today, of course. Um, but it's just an interesting thing, you know. You can just see how it's progressed through the years. And by that started in 1937, and by 1948, there were they estimate around 2,500 to 3,000 people involved in this hobby, in this sport. And there were 440 tracks in the United States at one time.
0: Wow! And I've never seen a track. I I've only seen them on the videos, man. Yeah. Honestly, I, do you know how many there are now? No, <laughs> three. There are only three? There are only three. In the U.S. or in the world?
1: Three in the United States, and there's a couple in Europe and one in Australia that I know of. Wow. Um, So going, again, from 440 in the United Mm -hmm. States down to three. So if you live in um, California, I think the name of the the track, it's in Whittier Narrows, or in New York. I'm going to mispronounce this. All right. Wanta, I think is how you say it. W-A-N-T-A-G-H. And if you live in Indiana somewhere near Anderson, you'd be able to find the track but hmm. uh, those are the only three that are in the United States right now and then again there's you know one in Germany that I know of and one in, in australia
0: now if these are if these are tracks and they they're matching what I have in my head mm-hmm. uh, which could be completely incorrect it <laughs> sounds like it sounds like you're implying there are some races there are races yeah they're
1: they're their races, I you know one one quick thing before we get yeah. past the tracks, and I'll get uh, I promise you I'll get to the races right right after that. Okay. Because that's kind of that's unique as well. Um, the the track itself, I've got kind of a, a layout here of what the, what the the modern track includes. Now the guys aren't standing in the center spinning around with a tether in their hand anymore. Oh. And there's a good reason for that. Um, the car the cars have gotten smaller. In mm-hmm. fact, the cars are now I think they said that they're between two and six pounds. So six pounds, that's pretty heavy
0: still. Yeah, six pounds is pretty heavy.
1: Um the, the length of the car is about a foot to maybe two and a half feet long for the big ones.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: they're kind of more of a they're more of a streamliner shape at this point. Uh but they are again, you know, two pounds to six pounds. That's pretty heavy. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about here's one of the bombs I'm gonna drop. Two hundred miles per hour. What? Two hundred miles per hour. These the cars go two hundred miles per hour. I'm not kidding. Not scale miles per hour. This is two hundred miles per hour. That's that's a that's pretty quick spin if you're spinning around. In I a I tell you, watch watch the video. I right. I say this over and over again. I was totally blown away by this two hundred mile per hour thing because you know, they start up and you see it kind of whizzing around the track sure. and it's going pretty fast. Yeah. By the time it hits top speed, you can barely see this thing moving. It goes around I mean it must have been several times a second and you're mm. talking about a track that has a diameter of I think it's sixty some feet, like sixty six mm. feet or seventy feet. Um, ridiculously fast. You wouldn't believe, and they sound really cool and they do it too. It's just kind of a buzzing noise, and it, it really you can barely see the car when it's at top and speed. It's,
0: it's like the uh, the tether as it moves almost becomes a continuous cone of uh, not you, you don't
1: even see the tether, which is a a real heavy steel cable. And you know, I kind of got a little off track, but I'll get right back to it. I'm, here. Sorry, I'm sorry. There's they're now the the the. The person standing in the center of the of the ring is now replaced by a, a very heavy metal pole. And the reason that they had to do this is because you can imagine that holding a car on a metal tether mm-hmm. that's spinning at two hundred miles per hour, there's no way you're gonna keep up with that. And here's another bomb I'm gonna drop here. I'm gonna get my notes. You know what G forces are, right? Yes. Okay, so gravity it mm-hmm. it affects the way it affects this vehicle. Let's say the car weighs six pounds, let's say it weighs five pounds to make this easy. Okay. Five pounds. So let's say at one g, it weighs five pounds. Right? Sure, is that right? Uh, whatever. It as it grows, these these things. You know, let's say racers experience, you know, three or four g's in the turns. You know, something yeah, like that. That means yeah. that if you weigh, if your arm feels like it weighs ten pounds, it feels like it weighs fifty pounds or sixty pounds. These cars pull ninety-one g's when they're at top speed.
0: So that would throw you like a, a harder than a rodeo bull.
1: Ninety. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> didn't expect that but i mean yeah, that's kind of true 91 g's is what these cars pull when they're going 200 miles per hour so mm-hmm. imagine holding on to a car that now feels like it weighs
0: about 500 pounds at the end of a string
1: spinning at 200 miles per hour
0: and let's let's insert a word there imagine trying to hold on yeah, there's there's just no way you, could yeah, you not, couldn't do it there's
1: there's no way i'm sure it was hard enough to hold on to a car that was going 40 miles per mm-hmm. hour uh when it weighed 10 pounds that's probably hard enough, but um, there's just no way that it's even physically possible at this point. So there's this real heavy, heavy-duty pole that's now positioned at the center of a track, the very dead center. It's got a bearing attached to it, and that's where the cable is attached. It's a real heavy metal cable. Okay. Um, the cable goes out to a concrete track, which is perfectly flat, and that's the circular track that you see on the outside ring. Now, there's somebody, and there's a platform on top of that bearing um, on the pole. And the reason for that is that there has to be somebody in the center initially when this thing starts up. And there's two people that are involved in a race. And we're getting to the races that you talked about. Oh, good. Two people that, um, two people that, that are in charge of this or that are on the track during, during a race. Mm-hmm. One is called the Horser. And the Horser is the guy that stands in the middle. And he's doing what it kind of sounds like. He's horsing the car up to speed. Oh, he's, he's, holding, just... he's holding the cable just pulling the tether huh? yeah he's pulling the tether and he he's really just kind of all he's really doing is keeping it off the ground until the car gets up to speed because the cable will drag on the ground or will touch the ground until the car reaches i think it's about 80 to 90 miles per hour um you know that distance the the cable would just sag and hit the ground Mm -hmm. so he has to hold the cable up in the air and you know walk around with the cable and it's possible at this point you know he's moving pretty quick at this point but um it's it's possible he's got you know heavy gloves on and he's got to be sure-footed as well make (laughs) sure he doesn't trip because right once this thing gets going it's gone it would uh i don't know i don't know if it cut you in half or what seems like it would maybe not
0: it would certainly you would certainly notice the impact i think you'd feel it yeah yeah there's there's one other guy
1: involved and he's the starter and the starter pushes the cars to start them with a a broomstick or something like that okay and really that's all it takes it's like uh you know like when i said you had to. you know, start the plane motor mm-hmm. by spinning the propeller. Yeah. Same idea with the wheels in the car. You have to you have to push start the car. Give so him he that initial a, force. Yeah, he gives him a, a, a quick initial push with a broom, and then he quickly gets out of the way. How about um, this,
0: man? You be the horser. I'll be the starter. We can switch <laughs> if Fair you want. Fair
1: enough. Danger I'll, I'll take the dangerous. <laughs> it's a dangerous road. But once he gets the car going, once the horser gets the car up to speed... Mm-hmm. He judges when it's time to to step up onto that platform, and then all he does is stand on that platform and hang onto that pole for dear life because he doesn't want to be anywhere near that cable when the car is going as fast as it uh, goes. Oh yeah. So he's he's clutching the cable or the uh, the the pole while he's standing on this this plat the small platform above the bearing so that the cable is spinning be- beneath him. Now the way the cars stop, they don't run out of fuel. Um, they, I suppose that could happen, but um, the the starter. Reaches into the uh, the track with a broom, the the bottom side of the broom, the soft side, and just barely touches the top of the car as it comes by. You know, one mm-hmm. of the many times it comes by, barely touches it, and that triggers a fuel shut off, and that's how the car slows down and stops. Well, wow, that sounds like a pretty precise action. It is. It really is. And I, I mean, again, the horser has a, a dangerous position there. I mean, both of them yeah. do because he has to. You know, the starter has to get out of there in time because the car comes around really fast, and. um now, the horse is probably in the most danger at that point, I would say. I, I would say the horse yeah. is.
0: I, I think it's fair to say the person clinging to the pole mm-hmm. while the tether is flying now, just under them.
1: Now, the 200 miles we're talking about, that 200 miles per hour, that's that's the, the top-end cars. That's the 10cc cars. Okay. They, they progress all the way down to, I think it's 1.5cc. Oh, in, okay. I've got my, my notes here. Yeah, there's several classes of one one and 5, and then 10 is kind of the big daddy you know and the the world record speed it's held by an australian right now i just checked the site um it is held at 214.348 miles per hour and the way they measure that and this is the races that you talked about okay the the races are not more than one car on the track at a time they're Mm -hmm. a single car it's timed it's it's an average speed rather of eight laps so eight laps at full speed. The average speed of those eight laps is what they count, and these are all electronically scored. And at the tracks, you'll see these, you know, big readouts of the of the car speed. So mm-hmm. you can see it gaining every time that it goes around. And these things gain something like ten, you know, it's right right about ten miles per hour each lap that they go. Um, but once they get up to speed, they maintain that speed. And, and eight laps, you'd be surprised how fast eight laps goes at that speed. Well, actually, you won't because you've seen it.
0: Yeah, I I was thinking, I was thinking, eh, it went very quickly. Eight laps is a matter of seconds, really. Right. So I I wonder it makes you wonder how many vehicles would compete in a race just because, you know, I'm sure it could vary.
1: Oh, well, that's the other this this is kind of a sad fact, really. What's that? And remember how I said that there were 2500 to 3000 members at a certain certain point in history, like back in the late 40s, I think? Sure. Well, after World War II, the sport nearly went away. It was uh, it was just about dead. They there were very few, and that's when all the tracks went away, and that's when membership dropped for the uh, the AMRCA membership level. Right now, of AMRCA is down to one hundred and fifty members. So that's three tracks nationwide, one hundred and fifty members, and that's all.
0: So these folks are traveling. It, with uh, 150 members these folks must be traveling to each location
1: I think so I think they do that I mean I'm sure that there's some that just only participate in their, mm-hmm. their local events there are others that travel to the worldwide events they're their national uh, aside from national events they're worldwide events and you know that's where you get the Australians coming over mm-hmm. to compete and the Germans and you know we head over there to compete as well so um, we like I'm part of the membership not, <laughs> not yet but hey um, so you know, the, the Americans travel to, to compete in these events as well. And, um, I don't know, It's just it, to me it's sad that, you know, it's gone from 440 tracks down mm-hmm. to three and that it's gone from 3,000 members down to 150. And a lot of the members, not all of them, but a lot of them are, you know, elderly members that, you know, the, these guys are creating their own parts in their own machine shop and they're oh, they're awesome. fine-tuning the cars for, um, you know, they, they say it may take hours to, to get just, a, you know, a half-mile-per-hour gain on mm-hmm. the track. And, uh, you know, but but it's... I guess for the love of the sport, you know, they're they're building their own parts, they're building their own cars, and uh, it's really all about fine tuning, precision. I think it it originally kind of attracted engineers and people like that, you know, that were fascinated with this to begin with. So, man, I've said a lot about this, haven't I?
0: I think I think you've said some very interesting stuff about it, but I can't let you off the hook yet, Mm -hmm. or we can't let each other off the hook uh, until we say how someone could get started in this if you want to be number 151. You know
1: what? I, I say go ahead and do it. I think, I think that's a, that's a great idea because, you know, clearly, I, I don't know, to me it's something that I, I'd hate to see go away. Yeah. I mean, I would yeah. really like to see this last. And if if you're able to participate in this or you want to participate in this, and i got to tell you, if you're in the area and you like this type of thing and you see this video of tether car racing, yeah, I think you'll want to do it. Go check so, it out. Um the, the way to, the way to get a hold of them is to go to the AMRCA website, which is again American Miniature Racing Car Association, and uh, they've got membership information there. I don't know if there's any kind of fee involved. I, I'm just not sure, Ben. But mm. um, again, contact the you know that group directly, and I'm sure that they could you know they'd love to sign you up.
0: Awesome. Yeah. And and so uh, all our listeners, there. You heard it here. If you want to learn about tether cars, go ahead and check that out and before we close out I guess we can do a piece of listener mail if you want I'd love to alright so check it out Scott Ken from uh, Brownfield uh, writes in and says uh, hi guys regarding your podcast about the James Dean Porsche uh, and, or Porsche and all the coincidences and strangeness surrounding his Porsche or Porsche uh, this is me adding that uh, <laughs> keep in mind this quote in a world of cause and effect all coincidences become suspect uh, Ken also cites that he is not sure if he, uh, if James Dean originated this quote, uh, or if he, okay, let me see. I'm sorry, Ken. He's not sure if James Dean originated this quote, but he heard it from his brother, Russ.
1: Hmm. Okay,
0: so he's saying uh,
1: this could be just a, a string of coincidences that uh, that were fabricated into this uh, uh, this myth, this mythical uh, Thing, yeah, this, this whole car, story, this, this. yeah. Which is, uh, I don't know. That's kind of an interesting idea. That's kind of that's kind of my uh, mm-hmm. my idea I say that t- to me, I'm you know me. I'm a skeptic. Yeah, um, you took
0: that personality test. Yeah, to me, <laughs> you said you're a skeptic.
1: <laughs> yeah, to me, I, I'm just. Uh, I think he's right. I think it's just a, a series of unfortunate coincidences that have evolved into this. Uh, this again, this this car being a, um, a mythical object, and I, I don't know. I just don't know if I buy it yet or not i've been thinking about a lot about it recently though oh yeah and because i I get listener mail that kind of trickles in about this here and there and uh you know people are either you know they're they're saying yeah it's definitely cursed or you know they're they're in my camp where they say i don't know i'm not quite buying it yet yeah i want
0: to i want to believe it so much but it's a very good point about uh our perspective makes a coincidence yeah sometimes yeah it's really it, it depends on your viewpoint really. yeah well thanks again for writing in ken uh, and again, to our listeners, uh, we appreciate you lending us an ear. Uh, if you have any ideas about a, uh, future topic you'd like to learn more about, please send us an email at highspeedstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands
1: of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com. And be sure to check out the High Speed Stuff blog on the howstuffworks.com homepage.